Uh, just a second here. I just got a resistance band, and whew, I'm actually starting to kind of do again as far as exercise. So let me. I got two more. You got you got me right in the middle of when I was doing uh, tricep things here. So I've got two more to go. So just uh, bear with me. I'm only doing. I just have to do two more sets of 20. I'm resting like uh, two minutes in between. So one second here. Let me get my next set done here. Uh, Sounds a lot of excuses to me. Yeah. Well, actually, now I'm not making excuses. <laughs> actually doing. Uh, not doing a podcast. Well, but you know, podcast uh, can wait until I get my pump on. No, Evan can wait. Podcast now. One, two, three. Simpsons and Family Guy. They're getting rid of any character that's not voiced by uh, any any ethnic character that's voiced by a white person. Are you there? Well, I mean, I've heard about that across all cartoons. Yeah. Well, I know Simpsons was the big one. And uh, to me, I think that's a little ridiculous because um, you saw that documentary, right? Well, or, is it? Is it though? Yeah, well, here, here's the thing. You're not casting someone by race. You're casting them by their voice. Uh, case in point, Phil Lamar is not Asian, but he's Samurai Jack, and do you, do you think he shouldn't be allowed to voice Samurai Jack? Well, I mean, if there are Asian voice actors out there, then probably not. Well, then, okay, whenever anime comes overseas... Should those just be Asian people that do that? You know, like. But that that's just dubbing into English, though. They do that with all languages. They dub it into French and German and all, you know, that's different. <laughs> see, but see, that doesn't hold water, though, <laughs> that argument. Yeah, it does. It holds lots of water. And then, well, also the, the thing about, okay, James Earl Jones, should he have been allowed to do Darth Vader? You know, because the point of voice acting, they even point, point they point that out, and, and like Kevin Michael Richards, uh, or excuse me, Kevin Michael Richardson. Oh, just a second, one more set, and I, and we can actually talk about it. Oh, okay, all right, here we go. 
last one. This one's for you, Caleb. Oh, man. But do you remember in in that, uh, that uh, what was it? You know, that documentary that DiMaggio did. Um, I know that voice. Mm-hmm. Even though they have that whole segment in which they talk about it doesn't matter what you look like or who you are. <laughs> That's the whole point of voice acting is that you can do, you can play characters you'd never play before. I don't know. Right, but at the same time, it, it can get pretty like if somebody came up to me and said, hey, we want you to play you know, a black guy or an Asian guy or whatever, it'd be like, is there nobody better out there? Well, maybe they thought, like, here's the thing. Maybe they thought that your voice fit the character better than, say, somebody that race did. Because they're not casting you based on your skin color. They're casting you based on your voice, which to me... I can I can yeah. see that if it's not... I mean, as long as it's not a stereotypical... Like, like, I get the Apu argument. I get why... They're like, okay, we're not going to do this character anymore because he's a stereotype. And I get that. But it's like, right. to be like across the board, like, so, okay, in Simpsons, it's like, so does that mean we're never going to see Dr. Hibbert, that Dr. Hibbert or Carl, who are not stereotypes? Yes, yeah, he can't speak. Who are not stereotypical characters? Well, I mean, Carl may be on the line. Really? I would not say Carl is, is like, he's just a voice. Like, he's never really done anything to be like, Yeah, but, but it's like, when you put that black voice behind it. <laughs> that's, that's Dr. Hibbert. That's Dr. Hibbert. Yeah. Well, I know that's Dr. Hibbert, but that's like... But still, they're not... But it's not... Oh, but it's not like Apu, like, being like, oh, he he's Indian, he works in a convenience store. It's just... Carl is just a guy, you know? <laughs> it's not like... Yeah, I mean, yeah. Carl Carl may be more so than Dr. Hibbert. And even Dr. Hibbert, I mean, he's a guy... Like, he's not really a stereotype... Like I said, they're not really showing him in a stereotypical manner. It's like I get that argument. I don't know. It's it's yeah. a fine line um, because I, I I mean maybe characters that have traditionally been voiced like those two. Yeah, but is, even is one thing. But, but even at that, it's like uh, the guy. Like I said, the uh, Phil Lamar, not Asian. So does that mean he shouldn't be doing Samurai Jack? <laughs> you know, he's a black man. So it's just I don't know. I've been I've been seeing the arguments on Twitter. Yeah, from voice actors, they don't seem to be like against it yeah um against they don't seem to be against the changing of it yeah because in the past it was like well they hired us for these roles i mean my choice is to either not do it or do it yeah well they had they had that you know they have that scene in i know that voice where uh you know it shows i think it's it's Four act, four voice actors, and they're all playing black characters. It's uh, I think it's Kevin Michael Richardson, uh, John DiMaggio. I think the other two may have been. Uh, the, I think the guy, it was the guy from um, the Malcolm in the Middle, and he was in that a uh, young person's guidebook to history. That the British are coming. The British are coming. That guy. Mm. Yeah, he he was like a voice on Boondock. Like he was he was Uncle what's his face on Boondocks. You know, yeah, you know the guy, Uncle. Guy, I didn't really watch Boondocks. He, but... well, he was well, and actually, Boondocks is a perfect example of plenty of people who are not the race they are doing voices <laughs> for characters. You know, but and that is and that's a very considered a very sort of woke cartoon and cartoon strip. You know. Yeah, but, but 
I don't know. You could always say, why didn't they give <clears throat> those voices to black actors in? I don't know. Well, I mean, I guess That's it's one of those really... arguments that yeah. I... I think it's I'm a... not a voice actor. Yeah. I would like to be, but yeah. I'm not. But I mean, I... and yeah. Um, I don't know. It, it's like if they gave me a role and they were like, "Here, you're gonna play this such and such ethnicity," I'd be like, "Are you sure? Really? Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I guess." Yeah. You know, I, I don't think I would just take it without a little bit of pushback. Yeah. But at the same time, I would think that if there was somebody out there who was that actual ethnicity, that it would probably be better mm-hmm. that they have the role. You know, I mean, that's, I mean, it's not like, to me, it'd be like, okay, it's not like blackface. It's not like blackface or, or yellow. I mean, it's a little, uh, it's not quite. I don't see it that way because there's plenty of, there's plenty of evidence on the contrary. It's just like, 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 like I said, it's part of voice acting is, well, not actually, we haven't even officially, I mean, I realize now we're kind of going into the argument we haven't even started the show. So, <laughs> well. um, but uh, so should we start and then kind of recap this or? No, I can always edit. Okay. Well, twist it. the, uh, but here's, here's kind of the thing though. It's just sort of, um, I lost my train of thought because I did that. Um, it, it, the, the whole point of voice acting is that you, you can be somebody you would not normally be. I mean, Archer, I think is a prime example too, because H. John Benjamin does not look like Archer. But his voice, I mean, right. but his voice matches but, it. And that, both he and the character are white. But, see, that's the thing. I, I, I understand I'm your not argument, making, I, I don't think it's an issue about race. I think it's more of a, it's a more, the casting issue should be more, does the voice fit this person? I.e., that's why James Earl Jones' voice fits uh, Darth Vader, you know? And why, um, you know, like Phil Lamar, his voice fits Samurai Jack. You know, it's not really to me. It's it's. I mean, hey, you right, know, I, I'm you know, I, I understand where they're coming from, but I also think it's. I think it's an uh, sort of an overcompensation of oh god, we've we, we've got so much to atone for, which we do. You know, <laughs> there is a lot to atone for, but at the same that time, may be the case. But at the same time, you can like there's a difference. Underrepresented minorities such as Asians, have been so underrepresented mm. for so long, doing this will give them a better chance to get yeah. into the industry. And the same with Black voice actors. You know, for so long, they've just been given, you know, there's been Michael, Kevin Michael Richardson and, you know, maybe a few others, yeah. but he's definitely the most well-known. Yeah. It's I mean- like now, now this allows for more representation if all the roles aren't going to white guys who can make a black sounding voice you know what i mean well, and i mean so it's like i think part of it is just opening up the opportunity not necessarily because it's racist yeah. but opening up the opportunity so that they can be represented better you know. Yeah, and no, and I and I get that. Believe me, I I do understand that. However, at the same time, this is like I said, it's a medium that is not based on on race. It is a medium that is based on 
the way that you can play it, the way that your voice translates to this character, that this animated character, or or uh, I guess not, for lack of a better word, animated character that has been created. Um, and there are plenty of, and, and also it's like, and I'm not saying that, I'm not saying just like, oh, only like no no whites can play blacks. It's like, what if an Asian dude can do a really good voice that fits a black character, you know, right. that, that matches that. Well, right, and once again, I would say that I don't think it has to be broken down by Asian guy, Asian guy, black guy, black guy, white yeah. guy, white guy. I think instead of having white people play everything because that's what they've done for, you know, 200 years, yeah. you're opening up to all people of color. So I doubt they've had animation that guy. back in the 1700s or the early well, 1800s. No, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's like everything was ruled by white people forever. Yeah. And, but I think the point is that it's not as bad for an Asian guy to play black guy or vice versa, because you're representing, you're letting minorities yeah. have more, a, more of an expanded role and giving them more opportunities than they would have at any point in history by taking a step back and saying, well, it's because we've been dominating all, you know, basically every industry for so long, we're going to take a step back and let you guys handle all the minority characters, you know, yeah. like, like, and, and it's hard because I do agree with you yeah. in, in some respects, but at the same time, I can see why they're taking this step Yeah, and, and maybe it'll even out down the road. Yeah. You know, but I think it. I think the reason they're doing it more than anything is just to open up the opportunity. And right now, it's. I mean, where we're at, uh, it is a very. I mean, race is a very heated issue. You know, in our country. Right. Um, and I get it. Like I said, I, I really feel that this is this is a thing of like where they're kind of like, okay, we got to we got to open up the doors. But at the same time, I'm like. But this is it's also a, it's a great yeah. it's a great issue. It's yeah, kind of it's a, because it's a, it's a it's a like I, I said it's a it's an art form like like voiceover is an art form where it really shouldn't matter what you look like it, it's about your voice you know <laughs> it's like well because you know I mean to go back on the James Earl Jones thing originally they wanted um, who was Orson Welles but to, to do Batman or do Batman uh, <laughs> you know because <laughs> Orson Welles is Batman. Oh, I'm so very fat, and I'm going to, to get you a joke. <laughs> yes. See, that's me doing a, that's my voiceover. Um, but, but no, uh, Orson Welles was originally wanted to play uh, or do the voice of, yes. of Darth Vader, but they didn't really like, the, you know, they, they kind of thought about it, and it's like, well, let's find somebody else, and, you know, and, and then they ended up going with James Earl Jones, because his voice matched that character better, you know, matched the tone better than Orson Welles's did. Um, so, like I said, I mean, it's a it's a touch. It's it's a very, as you said, gray issue. It's a or you know, it's a very like you can you can make an easily make an argument for either side of this. Um, I get yes that they're trying to to open the world up, but it's just like well, then cast more, you know. And to that, it's like uh, you know, have the have the casting director. Do more audition. Go go out of the way to do more auditions <laughs> to find more people. You know. Well, and and it is it is for people that don't know, like 
since we were kids, basically the same voice actors have been doing all the voice work for everything ever since we were kids. I mean, it's like Frank Welker has been doing... Uh, Maurice LaMarche, um, Jim Cummings. uh, um, um, Rob Paulson has been doing voices forever. Uh, Uh, Billy West. um, And uh, God, who else? Uh, Mm, I had I had one, but it just left me. Oh well, yeah, but it's yeah. but the point. Yeah. yeah, the point is though that these in in the world of voice acting, it's hard to break into, mm-hmm. and but once you're in there, you basically get everything, and especially if you're good, yeah, and can do several voices, multiple voices, you basically get everything. Well, it was kind Tara of strong. Uh, that was kind of the Tara whole thing. Strong, um, oh, we'll go for it. Go for it. Has a, well, Tara Strong has tons of voices yeah. in her repertoire. But on and, on Tara Strong yeah. too, she does Hello Kitty. So, you know. Well, but Hello Kitty is an anthropomorphic cat. I mean, I don't think there's any sort of hmm. implication other than well, that it came from Japan, that it's supposed to be Japanese. You know, I don't yeah. know. Um, <clears throat> but that's uh, a little different than. Yeah. Well, playing, and again, you know, like. Foxy Brown or something. Well, who was the? Or, but she wasn't Foxy Brown. She was the other one. Foxy Brown was actually the other one that the other voice actor who I was. Well, thinking. I know. I was just um, I was just throwing out an example. What's her I'm saying? Well, what's what? What's, her doing an, her doing a cat? Yeah, that's a cartoon. Is not the same as her doing like a black character. What was what is the name of that? Uh, Cree Summer. I was gonna say she's been around like forever. Um, yeah. Well, ever since she left the uh, real different world. The, uh, yeah, different world. Um, but even no, actually, even before that, she was a voiceover actress because she was um, she was um, uh, Inspector Gadget's niece, whatever her Penny is it Penny? Mm, yeah, yeah, I think so. Whatever, yeah, whatever, because that was like one of her first jobs. So she's been doing it. She did. She was actually part of voiceover acting even before she uh, uh, even before she was on a different world. Um, but no, like I said, I mean, it's just like. I do, I, I do, I, I agree. Hey, yes, open, open up more doors for people who, who have been sort of disenfranchised, you know, like open up, you know, but at the same time, it's like, you know, like with voiceover, with voiceover work, like I said, it's not really, to me, it's, it's not really about race. It's more about you're, you're, you're judging, you're, you're casting somebody based on the voice. Like if some, if, if um, like I would say like, like uh, uh, if somebody, was like a, a person of color, uh, let's say they're doing a Superman cartoon and they could do a really good Clark Kent. I say, give them that role, <laughs> you know, regardless of color, of, of race or color. Um, and that's kind of how I view it. I mean, but it's just like, I think though that I think they are, and I'm trying to, I'm trying not to like make this sound like, oh, he's being closed minded. It's like, no, I'm trying to be very open-minded about this. <laughs> if you don't, you get what I'm saying. Um, uh, that it's just like uh, I, th- I think I guess I think the, the best way to open open the door is just to make sure they they do more casting, search for more people. Sort of kind of like you were saying before, like search for new blood, you know. <laughs> so who knows? Whatever. <laughs> yeah, just I, it's not what well, it's one of those issues that there's no easy answer yeah. really. Yeah. Um, because yeah. 
the industry needs more than Kevin Michael Richardson yeah. and Kari Payton. Well, Phil, there's but, and Phil. Well, I mean, and there are to be to be fair, there Phil are. Lamar. I mean, there's Chris Owens, yeah. but and then, like, but then look at all yeah. the avalanche of white people that have yeah. done voices through the years. You know, it's like yeah. there does need to be better representation, but at the same time, it's a voice. You know, it's not not somebody playing a black character yeah. in blackface or whatever. Yeah. Or or it's it's not a role like in TV shows where they're like, well does it have to be a white person yeah. or could an Asian person play this guy? Yeah. You know. Um which that's another thing, the the opposite that kind of bugs me. Yeah. Is when they're like, well any, you know, it doesn't Captain America doesn't have to be a white guy. Well yeah, he does because that's the character. Yeah. You know, if you want to create an Asian Captain America, create a different character. Yeah. Oh, just because it fits. Well, it's just it it, it fits with who he is. It, I mean, the, the way that character, where that character came from, it's like he's supposed right. to be nineteen forties. Well, you know, and yeah. I, I mean, it's like yeah, you can make Sam, um, the you know the Falcon, make him Captain. Yeah, America, he wears the mantle. Yeah, Falcon, yeah. Whatever, but if if you're like casting a movie. And you decide, hey, you know what? We think Johnny Storm should be a black guy. Yeah. Well, but why though? The character is white. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I really like. Yes, he could be any character. I really liked. uh, I was. I really liked um, Mark Bernardin's argument on why Batman cannot be black. Um, Have you heard of that one? Yeah, you've you've mentioned that before, but not on here. Because because, yeah, so uh, for those who don't know, Mark Bernardin is. a black used to be a former journalist has also done writing for like TV shows and comics. He he's as, as well as a fellow podcaster. He does, this is free advertisement for them. So for the three, for the three people listening, if you haven't checked out, <laughs> check out uh, fat man beyond with him and Kevin Smith. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, uh, Mark Bernardin's argument for, because people are saying, Oh, well, why can't Batman be black? Um, his argument was essentially that, uh, Bruce Wayne, Batman has to be white because to be as rich as he is, to be like you know to be because it's it's like old, he's like old money rich and to kind of have like basically years and years of this sort of guilt like he you know this sort of like almost like white guilt built up in him to to go out there and fight crime, which is something that probably a, a, a black character would not have. Um, and it, it's, it's a very fascinating, it was really kind of a fascinating way that he described it because he's basically saying that you need to have this, like Bruce Wayne needs to come from old money in order to like really kind of have the motivation that he has <laughs> to go out and protect because he has to see like, okay, I'm privileged. I did all this. It's like, now it's time to give back essentially, <laughs> which is something that it probably wouldn't really wouldn't. Be, be part of like the black experience as opposed, you know, as opposed to what he experienced, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I'm also just well, did, I also just did a bunch of friggin', uh, you know, uh, tricep exercise. So there's a lot of oxygen in my brain. So. <laughs> okay. But, but my point is that it's like, you don't need to make Spider-Man Peter Parker black. Yeah. One, you do what Bendis you do what Bendis did and create a new character named Miles Morales, Morales and yeah. make him just as good as Peter Parker. Yeah. And then 
that way, like, there's no reason, oh, this character has traditionally been white, but let's make them a different color now yeah. just because we can. I don't agree with that, and I think it's dumb. It's, it's, it's we've talked about this before, it's because, kind of pandering, well, too. It's like... Well, right, and it, I mean, if the, if your problem is there aren't enough black or, or minority characters, make so. then make yeah. one. And make them their own, yeah. you know? Like, don't shoehorn them into oh, a character. And honestly, like, that has kind, always... of, kind of on the flip side of that, you know, like, they did, back in, like, the I think, 80s and 90s, they did do the whole, oh, was it Milestone comics? And unfortunately, that, I think DC kind of bought it out and then didn't do anything with it. Like, they kind of just, because, like, they, they really were a collection of just these, like, sort of empowering black uh, superheroes. That's where, sta actually, the, I think the only one they ended up even ever keeping was Static uh, from Static Shock. Um, static, X yeah. Or, 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 sta or, sta or Static Shock. Um, it was like, you know, the kid that had, like, the, basically, he had electrical powers. But, and yeah. so I think the, so it is kind of iffy. I mean, because sometimes, like, that that is a problem is that, oh, yeah, like, whenever like like dc had uh uh you know a tried and true uh brand uh of, of sort of of black superheroes and they sort of dropped the ball on it because i think i think they just they, i don't think they knew what to do with it um you know yeah and after secret wars marvel had made a character called mosaic um or maybe just before but there was a character named Mosaic and he was black and he got some sort of powers. I can't remember, but after the initial run on that, they just kind of dropped it mm -hmm. and haven't mentioned him ever yeah. again. So we'll see how long it takes for somebody to bring that character yeah. back. Um, but I don't know. So, I mean, bear in mind, we're once again, we're, we're two cisgendered white guys <laughs> talking about race. So, well, well, for me, though, I mean, it's like, yeah, I'm sorry that these characters have traditionally been white, yeah. but you don't need to make Johnny Storm black just for the sake of, oh, he doesn't have to be white. Well, he kind of does because that's the character. If you don't want him to be white, make a new character yeah. and make a whole different movie and have that character be his own character and not trying to shoehorn him into a currently char current character that is... You know, I mean, make it make it its own character. That to me is a stronger statement. So would you? you know? Would you be opposed? Because I know it's been, I've been, I know it's been kind of toyed with for a while. Would you be opposed to the idea of them casting uh, of like DC or, or Warner Brothers casting a black Superman? I I kind of would okay. because that's not Superman. Because another way, a lot of times the argument is. Um, that well superman's an alien he could you know he could look however you know <laughs> i know that's usually like kind of like the argument that gets kind of thrown out there um i like superman's never really been like my guy i know like he i know it's kind of i know he's he's kind of been like one of your guys so that's why like i know you'd feel a lot more passionate about it um I could, I mean honestly well, like i could go either way with it but i know like you definitely i mean if they made one it wouldn't really bother me. Yeah. I mean, because I don't care that much. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm like, but why are you doing this? Yeah. You know, like, why are you not just creating a new character yeah. who has, you know, is as strong as Superman yeah. or maybe even stronger than Superman and is black? 
You know, yeah. why do why do you have to take this established character well, and then try to kind of what they well, did. hey guys, everybody, look, Superman's black now. Well, and that was the thing well, with Mile like Milestone had one of those. I can't remember. I for the life of me cannot think of that character's name right now. But yeah, he was essentially sort of like supposed to be like um like like a black version of Superman and like but it was something where he'd been around he he had been around uh for like I think hundreds of years like and just sort of waiting and then he and then he reveals himself type of type of character um and yeah but it's just I don't know like so it's, it's like they try I mean like I said like it's not for lack of it's not for lack of trying like they have tried to create these original characters it's just that i think a lot of times well and, and this was granted um probably but are they are they like are they really trying yeah because this was, uh, just, this was uh, well, dwayne mcduffie like this, like that, these were dwayne mcduffie who uh if any for those who don't know like he he was a prominent dc writer like he a lot of like the dc animated stuff uh the the really good movies he wrote and i think he may even direct like that uh justice league doom movie he wrote that uh and um, and he's like, no, he's he's like, I know he's unfortunately passed away. They actually have, I think, a Dwayne McDuffie comic book award uh, that they give that they give certain comics. But uh, but I think the thing was though, it's just that DC, when DC bought out Milestone, they didn't know what to f-ing do with it. They just did, like at that point. T- this was also you know back in the nineties. Uh, and well, but that's what I mean. Yeah. Are they really trying? To establish these characters, because if DC bought them out, then they should have tried a little harder to establish them in the mainstream comic yeah. timeline. Well, and that was the thing. I think they were supposed to be. Oh, you got the milestone universe type of thing. Where it's, it's a separate well, universe, with the right, exception which of means now. if it yeah. if it goes away and we never talk about it ever again, then we're not culpable. Yeah, you know. I mean, that's what that means. Yeah. So you need to talk to DC and say, try a little harder. Yeah. Because for me, I mean, I I know it's, I I don't know what it's like to be a black kid growing up with no heroes. And so if I saw a hero that wasn't a stereotype, but was his own character, didn't rely on established white characters to make his name. Yeah. You know, and I mean, that's why people liked Blade so much, because it was like, well, you know. To go back on that, that was kind of the appeal of Spider-Man as well. And that was why Lee even said, like, he said, I wanted to have him in a full, like, you know, like completely masked up so that it, so that any kid, it didn't matter what kid it was, could always picture himself as Spider-Man because you don't know who's underneath that mask, you know? (laughs) I mean, we the the reader, we the reader do, you know, because... We, you know, we're, we're, you know, we're the audience. We know that Peter Parker is Spider-Man, but like to a little kid who just wants to play fantasy or whatever, they could, well, and, and kind of the, the reverse too. It's like with Black Panther, like think about how many um, white kids probably bought Black Panther costumes the, the, the year that that came out, you know, for Halloween. I'm sure there were plenty <laughs> who were, who were like, oh man, they really love this. Uh, you know, they really love this character. And they need to, you know, do better. I mean, bring more characters out. Yeah. Not just Black Panther, not just Blade. Yeah. Well, and I know, but, like, uh, Shang-Chi is coming, so that'll be a big one uh, for, like, because there haven't really been a lot of... Actually, I don't, uh, I'm trying to even think if there have even been any, other than, like, on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., there really have not been 
a lot of Asian characters in the Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe. So like that'll be kind of a, that'll so that'll be definitely a big a big a big well thing. not any successful I mean there's Jubilee but we've never really I mean they've never really done Jubilee like she's always been like some sort of like Easter egg character in all those um, I'm not talking about the cartoons but in the movies and stuff <laughs> like it's always been like well, an Easter well, egg you're yeah. just talking in the movies not in comics yeah just I'm talking yeah I'm talking about because usually I mean let's be honest well, um, hopefully yeah. hopefully when they bring the X Men movies into the Marvel Universe, yeah. uh, then they'll feature Jubilee and, and all the good characters yeah. and not try to make crappy like, oh, this is a character you've never heard of and we're trying to make them, a, you know, like Fox was doing. Yeah, well, and like, hopefully... Oh, here's, yeah, hopefully they, they won't uh, underdevelop Cyclops, which is a shame, too, because you have, as a talent, you have a... A very talented actor playing playing Cyclops, who even who basically looks like page to screen Cyclops, and they yeah. never utilized him because <laughs> James James Marsden actually is a very talented actor, and and the, like when you see him on shows and stuff, he seems like he's a funny guy, um, but it's like they never they never really utilized that character. They're just like, all right, you're kind of it, you're sort of the team leader in the first one. You're gonna be absent for like a good chunk of the second one, and hey, guess what? We're gonna kill you off in the first twenty minutes of the third. So, uh, but uh, but yeah, um, did kind of want to. Uh, basically, the 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 end result is that yes, there needs. I, I would say like my my Jerry Springer final thought on this is that you know. <laughs> um, uh, yes, there needs to be a lot more doors opening for for as I said uh, the dis, uh, for the, the disenfranchised. Uh, but at the same time, I think be careful about just like like trying to overcompensate. You know, you know, what I mean, like 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 just like. But as you said, eventually everything balances out. So I guess that's probably the best way to look at it. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> I don't know. There's there's a lot to settle yeah. in in all of this, and I don't think they should just outright take it away. But if I guess if there's any sort of possible stereotype, you know, like when when Seth MacFarlane was doing the Cleveland yeah. character, well, or it was um, it wasn't Seth MacFarlane. Well, it was well, the, no, I know, I know, I know. Seth yeah. MacFarlane didn't do the voice, but I'm saying when he was when he was being when he was on Family Guy, yeah, it was always kind of like the token, and and they made fun of it, like, oh, I'm the token black guy, yeah. you know. <laughs> but um, I never really and when he had him as a stereotypical character, though, per se. But well, he kind of was, but that was also the type of show Family Guy was was pointing yeah. out the um, uh, Mike Henry, by the way, is the is the actor, right? Right, but then when he got his own show, the Cleveland Show, they kind of, hey, Dad, I'm I'm the little fat black, kid. which was you know, voiced by was like, Kevin uh, Michael Richardson, <laughs> right? But but it, I mean, there was, so I, I don't know. There were some stereotypes, but they were there on purpose to point out the stereotype as the joke, yeah. you know. But is like that self-aware, yeah. You know, I mean, who knows? But 
No, also, who were the? I mean, who were the writers? That's the thing. It's like um, I'm actually kind of looking here to see. I'm actually looking on IMDb just to see, like, because inevitably, like, that's that's usually who shoulders like the the humor and a thing. And I mean, it looks like they did have. So there were black writers in the room. I'm not sure how many of them <laughs> were at one time, but I do see a lot of white people. So, mm-hmm. so who knows? Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that's another yeah. thing that needs to get better is the writers' room. Yeah, needs to have more diversity, diverse yeah. representation, yeah. which I think they've tried to do. Oh, sorry, I don't know if you just heard that. That was apparently I don't know if you read the news, but or, or, or read or watch the news, but illegal fireworks have been a problem in Chicago, like really bad this year. So uh, I think I think people are just bored because, because well, but it's going on in. A bunch of different cities across the country. Yeah. Hide your Whether kids. Hide your wife. <laughs> yeah, they're setting off their mateys out here. <laughs> um. But uh, I was gonna move on. Uh, I wanted to bring up. Right. Also, so let's let's yeah. start the show first. Okay. All right. <laughs> Now that we're here, yeah. <laughs> um, you want to start it or? Hey, everybody! It's the normal show. I'm Caleb. I'm Jeremiah, and welcome. and I'm in Steubenville, Ohio. Ugh, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's actually pretty interesting. Like yeah. you wouldn't think it would be, but it yes, is. It's... Did you know? Well, you're well, you're an hour. Not... Are you an hour ahead of me right now? Or yeah, okay, yeah. So yeah, because that's because you're in the, you're you're actually in the Eastern time zone right now. Even yeah. though like we're literally nearly like we're a very fine line apart as far as where we are on the uh, on the uh, I guess what do you call that like the timeline zone or, or time zone line? Yeah. yeah, but um, we're here because uh. My mother-in-law discovered uh, her birth father, yeah. and we came out here to visit the family and, you know, meet all the new family members yeah. that they didn't know they had. And some interesting stuff about Steubenville. Apparently, Dean Martin came from Steubenville, which I didn't know. Mm. Uh, his name is Dino Crosetti or Crocetti or something like that. I don't tell me what my name is, baby. I'll do whatever I want. <laughs> yeah, but uh, apparently there was kind of a mob contingent here. Yeah. Well, I know he used to be, before he was a singer, essentially he, he did like low-level gangster work, essentially. When he worked in the steel mill yeah. in town and... Um, but apparently there were a lot of mobsters here, mm-hmm. and I I assumed it was because like the FBI wouldn't think that people would go to Steubenville, Ohio, and hide out. But um, I don't know. It's kind of an interesting place, you know. It's kind of the you know it's a small it's it's right next to the little piece of Virginia that sneaks up between Pennsylvania and Ohio. Mm-hmm. And so when we got out here, uh, the turnoff for Steubenville was like right next to the West Virginia border. You could drive, I'm not sure the exact mileage, but 
probably 15 minutes across that section of West Virginia and be in Pennsylvania. And yeah. it's only like another 15 minutes to Pittsburgh. Yeah. So it's very near Pittsburgh. And, you know, you've got that maybe five miles, if that stretch of West Virginia between Ohio and Pennsylvania. And it's, it's just kind of weird how on the East coast, everything is so yeah. compact yeah. and like New York, if you drove to New York, it's only maybe six hours. Yeah. Well, and Ohio Whereas, is also one of those weird States because it's like, is it the South? Is it the Midwest? Is it the East Coast? It's no, like, Ohio. Ohio's Midwest. Midwest. Okay. Or, yeah, or Midwest. Yeah. It's just because it's just like because it's 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 in a weird spot, you know. When, but it is. It's yeah. right next to Pennsylvania. Yeah. And it's it's connected to Lake Erie. Yeah. And Indiana, and and so it's it's very Midwest, but it. Um, you know, everything over here, you can be from this section of Ohio, you can be within most of the East Coast, like less than eight hours, probably. Yeah. Um, maybe a little further if you go up to Maine and Vermont, but, yeah. you know, Pennsylvania, New York, Georgia, both Carolinas, you know, any surrounding states, they're all, it's all very compact. Whereas if you go out West, mm -hmm everything's a lot further away. Like, yeah. It's a little more spread know. out. Well, it's, I think it was the, the settling. It kind of has, has a lot to do with like early American settling because. Well, right. It was, was yeah, I, they, had to, they had that. to be. <laughs> well, and there was that show how the States got their shapes on history channel. That no, I never, never watched that. It's good. If you can find it, yeah. you should watch it. It's, it's pretty interesting. Most of, you know, when the colonies first, were established they were all very small mm -hmm. but technically their borders stretched all the way across the country because mm -hmm. manifest destiny we just automatically own all this land oh yeah of course our borders stretch unlimited all the way across the country and but then they they capped the 13 original colonies and then as they gained more, you know, the Northwest purchase, which was um, Tennessee, Ohio, Indiana, all that, Illinois, you know, all that stretch of states. Well, was that, was Illinois, wasn't that part of the Louisiana purchase? No. No? Okay. It was the Northwest purchase. Okay. And the, the Louisiana purchase was everything west of that, yeah. um, other than California and, and yeah. uh, Arizona and all that. But, you know, like, whereas, like you said, they tried, they were keeping the states kind of smaller. And then as you went out west, they were bigger yeah. because settling there less out there. People, yeah. the settlement and trying to get people to go out there. It was, that was the, it was the new, or it was the, the new frontier, you know. <laughs> so. and, it, and it was considered not unusable land, but just mm -hmm. like, it wasn't as, fertile and lush as yeah. the eastern part you know a lot of it was kind of deserts or rocky mountains yeah. you know not not great it's more for farming. For, it's more for like grazing and that's why you had so many uh like cattle ranches and stuff uh back right west, you know? right and i mean you can do a little bit of farming and certain yeah. things but it's mostly 
not usable for the same yeah. types of agriculture as you would yeah. find out east. Well, it's like like you know because California has more of like a a tropical almost like almost tropical. That's why you have like a lot of orange like they'll they'll have a lot of orange farms and you know like, like fruit like you know sort of like citrus citrus farms and stuff like that out there and like vineyard. That's why that's why the the wine industry is so huge in California <laughs> because right. you know they have you know it's 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 more prime for for growing like fruits and citrus citrus stuff you know yeah um but like all the all the midwest type states all their shapes came from basically water rights yeah so the reason west virginia's shape so weird and it, it creeps up between Pennsylvania and Ohio is so that it could get more access to the Ohio River. You just made me think of like West Virginia as like some creepy uncle that's like, hey, Ohio and Pennsylvania. Well, I mean, have you seen it? It kind of is. It's the, top, the top of West Virginia is kind of like an erect uh, male member, as we should say. We but it creeps up in there and i yeah. you know i guess i've never really noticed the shape of west virginia no. but then you know pennsylvania would have just been a big rectangle except that they made a little chip on the far left edge that mm -hmm. touches uh lake erie yeah. so that they could get the water rights and and indiana you know parts of illinois uh, you know it's all had to do with water rights yeah and um anyway i mean there's a lot of interesting stuff out here there's fort steuben um which was established in 1787 and we went and toured it and it's um oh it's just a unique part of the country that you don't you know a lot of people don't really know yeah i said i i didn't know yeah. what what the actual i, I guess feeling or you well, know it's, it's Ohio, that would have been like prime that would have been prime ground for like where like civil war battles and stuff where where it would have been taking place because that was like that was sort of a um i guess i don't want to say buffer state but it was definitely like one of the borders of oh this is where the union is held up and this is where the confederacy is held up so right you know so it definitely would have been like a prime like uh, battleground state, you know. Mm -hmm. Did you go to any? Have you guys seen any of that, like that stuff, like Civil War fields or? or no, we didn't. We, we mostly spent the time meeting all the fam, the new family members, and everything. But uh, you guys, uh, are not, you guys aren't pure. You must, <laughs> you must leave now. You're not pure family. Yeah, we're planning on making other trips out here. Yeah, and exploring a little bit more yeah um no i'm glad but, glad you guys had a had a fun time you guys had some fun down there so i saw uh some of the pictures being posted on mm -hmm. on instagram of like your kids sort of i guess you guys had a bonfire or something or yeah yeah and um what sucks though is that you know it's it, it's gonna be a two-day trip back to colorado mm-hmm and as soon as we get back, like the next day, I have to wake up and go back to work for the first time mm -hmm. in a hundred and whatever, seven, 107 days since COVID shut everything down. Yeah. 
like the first day back to work. My were you were you furloughed or? No, I had to work the whole time. We'd okay. we'd wake up and have stupid BS meetings that were, um, I don't know, they'd last like a couple hours and then we'd yeah. have the rest of the day off pretty much. Um, and we were getting paid the whole time because the school districts they make a budget at the beginning of the year mm -hmm. and so since the budget was already set everybody just got paid what they normally would have been paid and you know they had to do certain busy work basically yeah but so i, I got paid the whole time this next school year is going to suck though because the budget's going to be smaller yeah and and we're not even sure what you know, if kids are coming back yet, or if There's they're going to continue distance trying. learning, yeah. or if yeah. it's going to be a combination of both. Yeah. So, well, I know that still... I know that a lot of the states that have reopened, have, like like Texas is a big one that they reopened and they immediately now have closed again. Like all like the bars and all that have like you know they're open and people the the uh, cases rose and here's the thing it's like it's really our age bracket that's doing it because it's a bunch of idiots like you know millennial millennials and whatever the hell we are who are just wanting to go out and go to the damn bars and like oh, i want to i want to have fun and get my drink on and all that stuff and then they go out they don't social distance they get sick and then they bring it home and that causes that that causes it to spread and i'll say this as somebody who likes to go out and have a drink at the bar because I've been doing it. I, my routine before all this for years was uh, Wednesdays and Sundays. I go to my two, I go to my places. I sit at the bar. I write. I socialize. I do whatever. You know what? Um, that was, and that was a big part of my socialization. But I'm not doing that until I don't know if I'll even do that until until like they come up with a vaccine. You know? Um, I don't know. It's it's. I, uh, I I think it's just common sense to not put yourself well, the at thing risk. Is, if America had any sort of self-control, like yeah. certain other countries, we would have been done and way past this point months yeah. ago. But because we're America, and we I can do whatever the hell I want. Um, yeah, the, uh, I love the this people that say, to... I'm, not a, I'm not a sheep, and yet they're acting like a bunch of idiot sheep. <laughs> right. But it's, like, it's actually, well, actually, the funny thing is, they're acting the way sheep act when there's not a shepherd guiding them. <laughs> you know, so, yeah. In many ways, they are a sheep. So, well, and I mean, it, I can only hope that Darwinism steps in here and yeah. takes out the right people. Well, Caleb, and, they don't uh, believe in Darwin's theories. So. Yeah. <laughs> They're creationists. So. You know. But, but yeah, hopefully, I mean, you know, I, I see... I, I, I always see hope because like here in Illinois, we're actually, we have stabilized and we're actually on the, we're on the decline. So, I mean, and a big part of that is that 
people are wearing masks here. Like that, it, the, the mandate has gone out here and they're enforcing it. Um, you know, if you do not have, if you walk into a public place, uh, you are, you will be denied entry if you do not have on uh, some sort of face covering. And, and that, and that has worked. I mean, that showed, I mean, that there is evidence here, as I said, in Illinois, because, because they're doing that cases are actually dropping, you know? <laughs> and yeah. I don't know. It's just, it's just a shame that we got all these idiots and well, and, and the biggest one of all who says, you know, uh, you should wear one, but I'm not going to do it. And it's like, lead by example, you dumb piece of, you know, I, this is, I know you like to keep this clean, so I, I won't say the word I want to say. <laughs> uh, but, but anyhow, I mean, we'll, we'll see what happens. I mean, it's still, we, you know, well, yeah, we're not in the woods yet. Who are like, I just want to get back to normal and blah, blah, blah. It's like, well, we would have been able to do that at least yeah. a month ago if you had just done what you needed to do. But you're too yeah. immature and stupid. And now this is where we are. So, And entitled, I think, is also a word that you're leaving off. Yeah, entitled, petulant. Fanatic. Yeah. Um, anyway, what, what else were you wanting to talk oh. about? Uh, I also wanted to mention, uh, because I don't think we mentioned it uh, the last time we recorded, or, or I think it's happened since the last time we recorded, is uh, passing, yeah, the passing of uh, Joel Schumacher. Um, let me uh, adjust here. Um, <clears throat> let's, we're running short on time, so let's yeah. make it quick. Yeah. Um, how long does this thing usually, how long does it usually uh, record? Is it over an hour or is it just an hour? Well, I try to keep it around an hour. Okay. Sometimes it's a little more. Sometimes it's a little less. Okay. Um, so anyhow, um, Joel Schumacher passed away. Uh, I believe is age eighty. Um, uh, yeah, just this last eighty-one. Eighty-one. Let me look here really quick. Just Double check. To, but just I'm to confirm. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Joel. Schumacher, eighty. Oh, uh, yeah, because it was um, uh, yeah, he had just turned eighty actually. Um, mm. and anyhow, oh. or or, or like, oh wait, no, 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 he was just about to, or he was just about to, excuse me, he was just about to turn eighty-one, but he died before he could turn eighty-one. Okay. Um, so we were, we're both yeah. right. Yeah. Um, and anyhow, and uh, I feel bad because. A lot of what people remember Joel Schumacher for are probably the two worst Batman movies ever made. <laughs> yeah. Well, what um, they remember him for are bat nipples and bat costumes. Yeah. And I think it's a shame because the guy actually was a really talented director and did some did some really good movies. Um, and and even the Batman thing, it's kind of been said for years. It's like. It, and here's and here's how much of a stand-up person he was. He apologized for those movies. Like I think it's something like I forget where it was, but I think he said something like, "Yeah, I made those. I'm sorry." Basically, he was just like, "I'll own up to it." Um, and supposedly, like I guess it's not really what he wanted to do with those movies, but because there was such the big backlash from because uh, you know the Batman uh, Returns had a tie-in with McDonald's. 
and McDonald's didn't know that it was going to be as dark a movie <laughs> as it was. And so, like, they're like, oh, we can't sell Happy Meals with a movie like this. So they, like, you know, all the sponsors. I remember those Happy Meals selling pretty well. And we all had the toys of the Batmobile that shot out a smaller Batmobile and the the Penguin Mobile and the Catmobile. We all had those toys. So I think they sold pretty well. But they tried to, you know, McDonald's excuse was like, well, you know, these should have done better. Basically, so it's like it's basically like what uh, what have you done for me lately? Basically, argument <laughs> that they were that they were doing, and um, and so then they like so a lot of the sponsors because they wanted to sell toys, and so it's, so like the toy companies, McDonald's, and all this stuff put a lot of pressure on uh, the studio. I'm like, we want a more family friendly Batman, and so he gave us Batman Forever and Batman and Robin, and even it's like at least Batman Forever is somewhat watchable because I, I remember seeing that in the theater when it came out. I have never been able to get through Batman and Robin. I don't think I have ever seen that movie from beginning to end because it's just, it's bad. Um, well, I mean, both have their yeah. own set of problems Yeah, because with, with Batman forever or no, uh, wait, Batman and Robin. Yeah. Batman forever was Val Kilmer, right? Yeah. Um, you have the introduction of Robin, which that was cool. Mm-hmm. Was like, way oh. too old. <laughs> well, sure, he was way too old. But yeah. you introduce Robin, and that mm-hmm. was like, oh, okay, finally, Robin. But and then you had Riddler. Riddler? Yeah, you had uh, Riddler, Jim, who was yeah. Jim Carrey, and, and at Jim that Carrey, time he was on fire. I get he was that he, he was, was on fire, but at yeah. the same time he was also at the point where it was like tone it down a little, huh? Yeah, you know yeah. because it was, but he was who else at that time could have um, played Riddler? Yeah, well, well, it was meant for Robin Williams, and but Robin Williams basically said, F- "You, you guys screwed me out of the Joker." Oops, I forgot keeping it clean. <laughs> he can bleep me. All right. Um, <laughs> But, but uh but yeah that's who they originally but then, intended but then the, problem, for, yeah. the problem was then you had tommy lee jones and it was like they said okay you see what jim carrey's doing play that as two-face yeah try to and try to over essentially yeah so essentially you had two riddler characters or two two-face characters yeah like they were the same and it was like both of you cackle maniacally and, yeah. and have you know it's like none of where it would have There's been no... if if Two Face had been like the straight man in the group, that would have probably worked. That dynamic probably would have worked better. <laughs> you know, right? He should uh, have been more like you know. Yeah. Also, I'm sure and, Billy Dee Williams not... was pissed about that whole that whole fiasco too. Well, so. right, and that, that yeah. was one of those instances where it's like. Yeah, Billy, you know, yeah, he had been, be yeah. a black guy. Yeah. And and okay, so but then suddenly he's Tommy Lee Jones. Yeah. Um, Batman is supposed to be the same Batman. Yeah. Because, well, and that because was Alfred actually, was the same Alfred yeah. was the same Alfred. And uh, and uh Pat, and it's like, uh, wait, what the what the heck's Gordon, going on here? <laughs> uh, Pat uh God, I'm trying to think of the guy who played Commissioner Gordon. Um oh, I cannot think of that guy's name. Pat's uh, Crotch. <laughs> um, let's see here. Let me look it up here, just because it's gonna kill me. Uh, Pat, uh, Pat Hingle, 
was also um, Commissioner Gordon, and he had been Commissioner Gordon in the uh, in the in the in the last two Batman movies. And it was yeah, it was it was basically you you had some holdovers and some yeah, not. It, it was then... supposed to be the same. It was supposed to be the same universe that the prior one. It was it was the same place that the prior ones were in. They were just sort of James Bonding it, you know, like like casting another character yeah. as him. And they even make the reference where. Um, where she said, you know, like where uh, Nicole Kidman's character like was saying something, like, do I need to wear skin tight vinyl and crack a lip? Which was a reference to Catwoman, you know, in the, in right. the prior movies. But so that uh, was that was yeah. a mess. But like you said, it was yeah. it was not the worst movie. Yeah, you could get by. Yeah. But then Batman Forever. Well, just. Mr. Freeze, as I mean, Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze was. <laughs> well, whoever whoever wrote all those, God, sorry, I keep doing it. Whoever wrote all those ice puns is the person who's because I'm sure Arnold, like, because Arnold. Well, actually, there's a bunch of things on paper well, about that movie but, that that sound like they work because Arnold Schwarzenegger as Mr. Freeze on paper that sounds like it works. Um, George Clooney. On paper, as as Bruce Wayne Batman, that is like phenomenal. It's like yes, I, I believe this. I can believe all that. And then the execution happened, and, well, and, the and it, it, <laughs> they tried to make it. They were like, it was neon colors and everything. They were trying to make it. Oh, it's like comic booky. But oh, and they were they they glowing, glowing, and black light. Yeah, and they went back to I, the camp. Too, which right they went they were like let's take it back to camp because that's what everybody loved about batman yeah it's like no we we loved that it became dark again yeah. and and now you're taking it back to camp with the campy lines and everything yeah. and that where it belongs in the 60s yeah know? and 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 supposedly i mean and like i said i think schumacher definitely had his regrets about that uh, and he even, you know, he even says like, I didn't really get to do what I wanted to do with those movies because I mean, it was it does seem like there was a lot of uh, sponsor and studio interference, and because of that, you didn't get another Batman for like, oh god, ten years I think I'm trying to remember the the um, uh, time because let's see, your Batman Return or excuse me, uh, Batman Begins came out in. Um, 2008 when they filmed it. 2000, no, it was 2005 because you're thinking of The Dark Knight. No, that's right. The sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So so Batman Begins came out in 2000. So it was about nine, it was, there was about uh, nine years, uh, like, uh, like nine or eight years in between those movies coming out. Um, Do you remember the fan, the fan film kind of thing, the short film? Uh, uh, Batman Dead End. Yeah, that was actually really good. (laughs) Yeah, it was that one. Um, Really good. But uh, but back to what I was originally, I was originally talking about when I when I was bringing up uh, Schumacher. Um, Unfortunately, his legacy, I feel, are those two Batman movies that were kind of you know do do not have the best response. or, or, or looked at, they're not really looked upon fondly unless it's a joke. Uh, but the guy had some, the guy had some legit talent. Uh, he made some really good movies. Uh, he, he did St. Elmo's Fire. He did Flatliners. And then he also had done, uh, well, I think people forget that he did that uh, John Grisham, A Time to Kill, which is essentially the, the movie that 
made Matthew McConaughey a star. Like it's what, what kind of got him in the public eye and then and made him who he is. Um, and then he also did, uh, he did Phone Booth, I think was sort of his last sort of big sort of, I guess, commercial hit, I guess, is, if you want to say. Uh, but the movie that um, I was really, because they, they were kind of going through his filmography on, I was listening to uh, Fat Man on Batman, and they're kind of going over his filmography, and I was really irked that they did not mention this movie, because I think it still holds up. It's still a, it's a great movie, a, a great horror movie. I watch it every, I try to watch it every Halloween. Uh, Lost Boys, um, which you, you've seen that, right? Yeah. The Lost Boys, yeah. And it's, um, and it's an interesting movie because it's a vampire movie, and I feel that like it's a real. I mean, it's a vampire movie that still holds up. Um, and the interesting thing about that movie is it was not originally intended to be an R-rated movie. Originally, I think they were going to just because I think it was I'm trying to remember who the producer. If it was Spielberg or if it was Donner who produced that. I mean, if only I had a magic box that I could look it up. Uh, <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, Lost Boys. Were you Lost Boys? Uh, yeah, okay, yeah. So it was it was yeah, uh, Richard Donner who was the producer of it, and originally it was going to be like sort of more of a, a sort of Peter Pan. Yeah, more of a, a more of a Peter Pan sort of like. I mean, it was it was still going to be about vampires, but they're going to be young, like like little kids. And Schumacher had the idea of like, well. What if we made Let's the make it the outsiders? <laughs> he was like, "He's like, well, what if we made them teenagers?" Because he is, then we could explore a lot more adult themes. Like we could make, you know, we could we could have like sex be a bigger issue in this, and it is. And also, when like, and this was something I kind of discovered uh, after watching it the second time, because I mean, everybody knows at this point that Joel Schumacher was very openly gay, and when you watch that movie, a lot of it is kind of an allegory for being gay uh, and just like, or, 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 or being afraid to come out uh, or, or being like, like being ostracized by your family. Cause there's the whole thing whenever uh, Jason Patrick's character gets bit and he, or, or, gets, or I guess he doesn't get bit. He drinks the, the blood. Um, oh, and that was, ah, see even more. <laughs> it's like, cause it's kind of like the AIDS scare too is thrown in there. Cause he gets turned, turned into a vampire through through blood um and uh and you know whenever uh cory feldman also that that whole scene that whole bathtub scene with cory feldman is probably and i'm not saying this i'm trying i believe you me i'm not saying this to be offensive or anything it is probably one of the gayest things you will ever see <laughs> on like filmed on screen because i've even had like Plenty of uh, of friends of mine who are uh, LBGTQ talk about that, like how much they love that scene for that very reason. <laughs> um, and uh, but now, like, the, like to go back to like what I was saying, how it's sort of an allegory. Uh, he then become when he discovers, uh, you know, that that um, Jason Patrick's character is a vampire. He's afraid of him. He, you know, he kind of like. You know, before you know, they establish how in the beginning they're they're so close. You know, their 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 brother relationship is like, oh yeah, they're close, and and then how you know he's scared of him, like he won't even like like he sees him in the hall, he shuts the door on him and stuff, and just like how he's sort of ostracizing him now that he's kind of, for lack of a better word, come out as a vampire. 
Um, and, uh, and yeah, and it's just really like, it, it's a lot of those messages I never really caught before, uh, until I saw it, like, just like I said, like this, just this last year. And, uh, and yeah, and, and like I said, it's still, it holds up as a really good horror movie. Um, uh, Diane Weist is really good as the mom, you know, Diane Weist. Uh, and, um, and then, uh, you know, Kiefer Sutherland was one of Kiefer Sutherland's sort of like breakout roles. Uh, I think it was probably like one of his first sort of, uh, starring roles too, because I think he had really, well, was it before Stand By Me? Uh, it was probably like roughly the same, probably maybe the same year. Let me double check here. Cause Lost Boys was 87, uh, Stand By Me, but even Stand By Me, it's still more of a supporting role to the eighties. Uh, is more of a like he was he was still more of a, a supporting role in in Stand by Me. Uh, let's see here. So Stand by Me was, was the eighties. What's that? I said, what's their deal? The eighties. But no, so Stand by Me was he was probably I, I have a feeling he probably filmed them at the exact same time because they were released a year apart. So he probably roughly filmed them at the same time. Um. But uh, but no, again, it like that one was really the kind of the 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 movie that sort of launched him was 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 Lost Boys because then he goes from Lost Boys to Young Guns and then like from there it's like you know the door was open <laughs> and uh, and no, like there there's actually like a really there's a really good scene in there which I remember seeing a little like sort of like a, uh, I forget if it was like one of those like oh did you know uh, uh, film things on the internet on on YouTube. Uh, the scene in which uh, David Kiefer Sutherland's character uh, gets burned by the sun because uh, there's the thing where where he tries to grab uh, Corey Haim and pull him in, and then like they they get his hand in the light, he gets burned by it, and then they escape. He like looks at his hand, and he's like, Ugh. and you see like that one little. He's going. He goes tonight, tonight. And you see that one little tear kind of roll down his face. That was not script. That was not a special effect or anything. It was because. Uh, the contacts he was wearing were like the. Like this is before they had soft, uh, before they had like soft uh, uh, prop contacts. So these were made out of glass. And he had them in his eye mm-hmm. and just dried his eyes out so bad. <laughs> and and it, it fits that scene so well because it looks like oh he's in pain and so he just so he uh, there's that solitary tear that just runs down his face because of it. But uh, but no, I that was totally unscripted. Uh, but no, and as I said. Like, wow. That it is a, if you've never that's very interesting. <laughs> um, little little uh, cannibal the musical reference. Uh, see it, folks. <laughs> um, but uh, but no, it's it's still a really good horror movie. Holds up really well, even if it does have Corey Feldman in it. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> um, and then, as I said, he also did, uh, you know, he did St. Elmo's Fire, which is the the movie that pretty much had every member of uh, the Brat Pack in it. Like, that's, I think that's actually the movie where they came up with the term, the Brat Pack, you know, uh, was from that movie. Um, and, uh, and yeah, um, I'm trying to think what else he did. Oh, uh, actually, uh, not a bad you know, before Nicolas Cage went off the rails movie, uh, 8mm. Did you ever see that? Never did watch it, though. Yeah, it's actually, it's pretty good. It's got uh, Nicolas Cage, 
uh, James Gandolfini and Joaquin Phoenix. And it's sort of about, it's basically the premise is um, this uh, Nicholas Cage plays a private investigator who uh, is hired by this old lady whose husband just died. And they've kind of like been going through a lot of his stuff. And like, it's like this rich, sort of like this old money, uh, rich, uh, it was like this old money, rich old man. Isn't it? like about a snuff film yeah and so she goes she's going through his stuff and finds this eight millimeter snuff film and she essentially hires nicholas cage to find out if it's real because she's like because she's just appalled that she found this and she's like i i have to know if my husband really was this horrible person who who had this film made and and yeah, so it's basically just sort of and you can it, it, there's a lot of s m stuff <laughs> so that's i think that's kind of where you can see that you know like the the appeal probably for for schumacher uh because you definitely see i mean you, you see snm stuff in those batman movies too like the whole tight uh rubber you know, then cod pieces and stuff it's like and nipples on the like you said nipples on the bat suits it's like there's definitely snm in there <laughs> but uh but no and it's just like it's one of those things of like when when he sets his mind on doing dark films, he could do them. I just don't understand why he didn't do. Well, even Flatliners is a pretty dark film. It's like I don't understand why he did not decide to go dark <laughs> with um, with the Batman movies. Other than I guess you know it, it all falls back, yourself. Yeah, it all falls back down to a lot of studio and sponsor interference. But which uh, is the problem again with Warner Brothers? Yeah. They, don't know when to step back and let creative people be creative. And the other, the other thing, and I, I didn't realize this until listening to the, that, uh, that other podcast, the thing apparently that Joel Schumacher is famous for is he apparently had sex with over 2000 men. So goals kids. Hmm. So, <laughs> but like they were joking hmm. about, they were, they were joking on, on Batman and Batman. Like he's like, Everybody that so everybody that Wilt Chamberlain didn't sleep with, he slept with. So. <laughs> yeah, well, but uh, but anyhow, but yeah. Uh, so R.I.P. Joel Schumacher. You were you were a talented yet misunderstood individual. I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And R.I.P. My COVID vacation because as soon as we get back to Colorado on the thirtieth, mm-hmm. the next day I start work again, mm-hmm. and I am super bummed. Yeah, mine, so, mine, uh, mine continues. Not that I necessarily want it to, but uh, but yeah, we're we're you know my my job has basically said since they can only do twenty five percent capacity, they're not bringing us back yet. So, so yeah, yeah. I, I mean, well, you know, as long as long as I'm getting as long as I'm being paid, you know, stay home. So, yep. Well, I got a long drive ahead of me in the morning. So. Yeah. In a short time to it get there. Sounds like, yeah, we're going to do what they say can't be done. Uh, uh, well, anyhow, uh, uh, for those of you listening, if you like what you hear, uh, please remember to uh, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share this with, with friends, you know? Uh, show them mm-hmm. that Chandler, you know, here, yeah. Ross, Phoebe. But, but screw Joey. He's, he wouldn't get it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Could he be any less of a friend? Yeah. 
Well, that's not Joey. But... That's Chandler, but you know, but he would make yeah. fun when he would make fun of Chandler. That's he would Joey. say that. Also, yeah. sidebar: Matt LeBlanc aged really bad. <laughs> he's like so old yeah. now. He's just old. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, surprisingly, I think uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, Matthew Perry. Ross. Oh, oh uh, uh, Geller. Uh, Geller. Uh, I can't think of David. David. Uh, it's David what? David? Uh, David. Ah, uh, God, I can't. David, David, whatever his name is. No, I have, but, to, um, I have to know now because it's, oh, David Schwimmer. Oh, I didn't even have to look it up. Schwimmer. Moral. David Schwimmer. Yeah. But um, he, I think, has aged the best out of all of them, surprisingly. Oh, I think Jennifer, uh, Jennifer Aniston still looks pretty good considering well, she. Yeah, but she's, she's had work done. You know she's had work done. Well, I mean, we'd have to inspect to make sure, and you know, have to really have to really check yeah. her out to see if work has been done. You know, I'll check the receipt. Yeah, <laughs> but um, before we totally sign off, um, I think we're gonna take I eighty back, so we'll probably be driving through Chicago. So I'll wave at you when uh, you, yeah. you should yeah, stop by and through. say hey. You know, come well, come and tie my hat. You could visit Carrie's friend. You could visit Carrie's friend in, in, in St. Louis, crime-ridden town that it is. Couldn't, couldn't visit your old chum, your, your, your old chum, you know, the guy who's been there for you through thick and thin. <laughs> you know, forget that guy. What does he know? <laughs> Well, goodbye, everybody. <laughs> uh, but no, uh, I guess we'll see you guys next time. And yeah, uh, have a have ooh, have a good fourth that's going to be that's coming up here. So be safe out there. Don't 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 set yourself on fire. I've seen it happen. Why the fourth so. be with you? Okay, you think that's good? All right. All right. Yeah. This is something. Yeah. This is nothing. Well, this is something. This is something. something. This is nothing. <laughs>